0: Have you ever been traveling overseas, logged into your favorite streaming service, and realized oh, your favorite show isn't there? Different countries have different streaming rights, so just because you can watch Breaking Bad at home doesn't mean you can watch it overseas. Well, with Surfshark, you can. Surfshark is the VPN I use every single day. I simply choose from one of their 3,200 plus servers in 100 countries and get back to watching the favourite shows that I love. Use the link in the description or the episode notes to get Surfshark VPN today for as little as $2.30 per month on a two-year plan, and get back to watching the shows that you love. With continual development in technology, hackers and cybercriminals are getting better and better at installing viruses and hacking your electronic devices. We've all had antivirus software, but your run-of-the-mill software just isn't good enough anymore. With Surfshark Antivirus, not only will you have antivirus scans and real-time virus protection, but you'll also have access to a VPN. You'll be protected from targeted ads and tracking. You'll be notified if your data gets leaked by data brokers. And most importantly, it's incredibly easy to set up and use. If you feel like your online protection should be better, use the link in the description and episode notes to get 76% off Surfshark Antivirus today and feel safe every day. On your devices. Hello and welcome to the Essential Reads podcast. My name is Isaac and my goal is to bring to you a bunch of classic audiobooks in an easy and accessible way. This podcast is brought to you by my store. I will publish all my audiobooks in podcast format here but if you really want to support me in making these or just want to listen to them when disconnected from the internet then you can buy my audiobooks for five bucks at theessentialreads.myshopify.com the link will be in the description. Let's get started. The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells Chapter 6. The Heat Ray in the Cobham Road It is still a matter of wonder how the Martians are able to slay men so swiftly and silently. Many think that in some way they are able to generate an intense heat in a chamber of practically absolute non-conductivity. This intense heat they project in a parallel beam against any object they choose by means of a polished parabolic mirror of unknown composition, much as the parabolic mirror of a lighthouse projects a beam of light. But no one has absolutely proved these details. However it is done, it is certain that a beam of heat is the essence of the matter. Heat, and invisible, instead of visible light. Whatever is combustible flashes into flame at its touch. Lead runs like water. It softens iron, cracks, and melts glass. And when it falls upon water, incontinently, that explodes into steam. That night, nearly forty people lay under the starlight about the pit, charred and distorted beyond recognition, and all night long, the common, from Horsall to Maybury, was deserted and brightly ablaze. The news of the massacre probably reached Cobham, Woking, and Ottershaw about the same time. In Woking, the shops had closed when the tragedy happened, and a number of people, shop people and so forth, attracted by stories they had heard, were walking over the Horsell Bridge and along the road between the hedges that runs out at last upon the Common. You may imagine the young people, brushed up after the labours of the day, and making this novelty, as they would make any novelty, the excuse for walking together and enjoying a trivial flirtation. You may figure to yourself the hum of the voices along the road in the gloaming. As yet, of course, few people in Woking even knew that the cylinder had opened, though poor Henderson sent a messenger on bicycle to the post office with a special wire to the evening paper. As these folks came out by twos and threes upon the open, they found little knots of people talking excitedly and peering into the spinning mirror over the sandpits and the newcomers were, no doubt, soon infected by this excitement of the occasion. By half past eight, when the deputation was destroyed, there may have been a crowd of 300 people or more at this place, besides those who had left the road to approach the Martian nearer. There were three policemen too, one of whom was mounted, doing their best under the instructions from Stent to keep people back and deter them from approaching the cylinder there was some booing from those more thoughtless and excitable souls to whom a crowd is always an occasion for noise and horseplay. Stent and Ogilvy, anticipating some possibilities of a collision, had telegraphed from Horsell to the barracks as soon as the Martians emerged for help of a company of soldiers to protect these strange creatures from violence. After that, they returned to lead that ill-fated advance. The description of their death, as it was seen by the crowd, tallies very closely with my own impressions. Three puffs of green smoke and the deep humming note and the flashes of flame. But that crowd of people had a far narrower escape than mine. Only the fact that a hummock of heathery sand intercepted the lower part of the heat ray saved them. Had the elevation of the parabolic mirror been a few yards higher, none of them could have lived to tell the tale. They saw the flashes and the men, falling, and an invisible hand, as it were, lit the bush as it hurried towards them through the twilight. Then, with a whistling note that rose above the droning of the pit, the beams swung close over their heads, lighting the top of the beech trees that lined the road, and splitting the bricks and smashing the windows, firing the window frames, and bringing down in crumbling ruin a portion of the gable of the house nearest the corners. In the sudden thud, hiss and glare of the igniting trees, the panic-stricken crowd seemed to have swayed hesitatingly for some moments. Sparks and burning twigs began to fall into the road and single leaves like puffs of flame. Hats and dresses caught fire. Then came a crying from the common. There were shrieks and shouts and suddenly a mounted policeman came galloping through the confusion with his hands clasped over his head, screaming, "'They're coming!' a woman shrieked, and incontinently everyone was turning and pushing at those behind in order to clear their way to Woking again. They must have bolted as blindly as a flock of sheep, where the road grows narrow and the black between the high banks the crowd jammed, and a desperate struggle occurred. All that crowd did not escape. Three persons, at least, two women and a little boy, were crushed and trampled there, and left to die amid the terror and the darkness. Thank you so very much for listening. If you enjoyed, please like, comment, share, all that jazz. And if you really enjoyed, do subscribe, because there's more to come. And if you're listening on podcast, please leave a review. It really helps bring more people to the podcast and really makes my day. Once again, thank you very, very much for listening. And until next time, Bye-bye.